you could say you spend like four years in school learning it, or you could spend four years, you know, just out in the field taking crappy photos and then, you know, learning from that and figuring out like, why does this photo not look like I want it to? And then going out again and doing it again and, you know, just improving. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Natalie, who is a travel blogger, photographer, and outdoor enthusiast based in beautiful Lake Tahoe, California. She started her travel blog, Natty, on the road in 2016, aiming to inspire women to travel and get outdoors. Most recently, Natalie co-founded a product photography startup called High Ansel that works to streamline product photography as an online service for creatives and lifestyle brands. Brands. So listen on to find out how Natalie inspires women to get outdoors. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Natalie. Hey Natalie, how are you? Good, how are you? I am fine. Can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, definitely. So I am a photographer and blogger. And in 2016, I quit my job in San Francisco and uh, went traveling with my boyfriend. (laughs) Eventually, we ended up in the beautiful Sierra Nevadas, and now we get to call Lake Tahoe our home base. And I spend my time traveling, being outside, and taking photos. Well, that sounds like an amazing transition that you had. And now you're doing something that you really love, you're really passionate about. It's absolutely creative and you're in a beautiful place right now. Now, can you tell us what that transition was like for you? I know there's some people that kind of have that sliding doors moment. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie where Gwyneth Paltrow misses the train. Um, When she missed it, her life completely changed. When she did make it, her life was completely different. Did you have that moment in your life too? Yeah, sort of. I'd I'd been kind of working an office job for a long time. And uh, I thought that our our big trip around the world was just kind of going to be a trip. And then while we were traveling, I kind of decided like this should be a jumping off point for a career change. And I kind of used my travel blog as a way to sort of figure that out. Did I want to be writing, taking photos, really find what my what I was passionate about. And uh, 
and now obviously I'm a photographer, so uh, photos have taken precedent. And I really, the blog definitely gave me the like learning platform to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do, right? As a creative, um, you can do photography, you can do writing, you can do video. There's so many variables that you could have gone into. Why did you choose to do this? Why did you choose out of everything else that you can do in the world? My last interview, I was talking to a hypnotist and like you're a photographer. Like there's so many different things. Like why choose this one? Why was this for you? Photography has always been sort of a hobby. I got my first camera as in middle school and it was always just something fun that I enjoyed doing. And I think as I got older and really wanted to hone in what I wanted to do with my life, I just felt like I could share stories and really provide value through my photography. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing, right? I think once you find that purpose, it just sometimes you can't even explain it. It just feels right to you. Um, And then once you start doing it, you just keep doing it and it becomes really addictive. (laughs) And then you're just like, oh, my gosh, this can actually become a career. Now, for you, Natalie, how did you know that you can actually make this into something that is more sustainable for yourself? Not not just, you know, for a lot of people, it's just a hobby, right? But you made this into an actual career, which is really incredible because it's one of those things that people tell you is really hard. You can't be an artist. You're going to be starving, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But you made that into an actual career. Yeah, so... Going back to to my travel blog, Natty on the Road, um, like a lot of bloggers, I I decided I should try to monetize it. So I started taking on um, affiliates and um, sponsored posts. So, and I realized through doing that, that, you know, if companies are sending me free products, the better photos I take of those products, the more clicks they get. And then the more clicks they get, you know, the more cash that comes in. So... (laughs) Um, I really tried to hone in on that um, aspect of of product photography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing. It's like you're learning as you're going, and then you just figure out what really works for you, what your client actually wants. And it's kind of like a happy medium between the both of you, right? And it's like you don't want to do something that you hate. You don't want to do something that you're not comfortable with. But you also want to do something that they're actually really going to love. Yeah, definitely. And what I found also is just like the more interesting and more captivating a photo is that really brings people in. And regardless if you're trying to, you know, sell a product or tell a story, like the more captivating the photo, the the better the reaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that so interesting because um, a lot of people are really visual, right? I mean, you have places like Pinterest where a lot of people like you, Natalie, will do really well because people just go there for mostly the photos. They want to be inspired. And then you have the blogs. And then before you even read all of the things that your uh, tips are and where you want people to go, they first get attracted to the image that you're putting out there because, you know, it doesn't matter how good your tips are if your photographs are really bad. No one is even going to notice that, which is unfortunate if you're not a good photographer or you're just starting out and that happens. 
<laughs> yeah, that is, it is unfortunate. You could have, you know, the best caption or best tips written down, but if that photo is not eye-catching enough, no one's going to click it. Um, so that was also, you know, a big driving factor in you know, <laughs> learning uh, all the ins and outs of um, what makes a beautiful photo. <laughs> So when you decided that you were going to do this full time and that photography was it and then you also created your blog, did you have to do any special thing like take courses on photography or was this self-taught? So I've taken one photography class. It was in high school. (laughs) And then I actually, when I, uh, in university, I majored in film. So in, uh, movies, basically. So I have some the background knowledge of composition and lighting and things like that. When it comes to like photographing people, that has definitely been a learned skill. Photographing myself being in front of the camera for my blog has been a learned skill. (laughs) Uh, I still get super embarrassed when we're out traveling and I like set up my tripod to take a photo of myself and there's other people around, (laughs) but I've learned to deal with it. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's it's kind of funny because um you see a lot of those they're kind of like there's memes and then there's also even accounts uh, on on Instagram where they make fun of people like doing TikTok and do, oh, taking yeah, photos the, the, like the influencer in the wild I can't yeah. I keep waiting to see myself on there. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And and this is the thing, right? You don't even know when you're taking photos of yourself or videos how ridiculous sometimes you look. And I'm like, is that how people see me? Like when I'm taking photos, <laughs> I'm sure it's like, it's mortifying. But hey, if you're getting paid from that and you're enjoying yourself, why not? There's, you know, there's exactly, nothing wrong yeah. with it. <laughs> I mean, it's still hilarious. You know, you just have to make fun of yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I definitely, I like, I have to like block the other people out. I'm like, I can't, I just pretend nobody's there. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) That is so funny. I know. And if you're by yourself and you're taking photos of yourself and you just have a tripod. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like when you, when you have another person there, at least like you have a partner in crime and it doesn't feel as awkward, but when you're by yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, just do this quick. (laughs) Yeah. That's when it helps to go really early in the morning when not a lot of people are around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's the trick of most photographers, most bloggers, when they go to certain destinations, right, is just go early. And also, if it's like a highly touristy area, you don't want to be in anybody's way, too. So Yeah, that's very true. And uh, definitely for the the popular spots, going early is good because there's less crowds, less, less people in the way. There's definitely been times that I'm like a little bit nervous to like set the camera on the tripod and walk away from it if there's a if there's a lot of people around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's another one too. So aside from that tip, is there anything else that you feel that you've learned from this journey as a photographer and also as a travel blogger when you are creating content on the road that has really helped you um, make better content? Um, I'm a very big planner. Um, so planning out my shoots, planning out the content I want to create, like down to the poses I want to do in a photo, um, has been a huge thing for me, mostly because when you get somewhere and you're standing there on the spot, like trying to think of 
a photo to do while there's people around and stuff is happening. I don't know, uh, my, myself, I, I'm not super good at coming up with, you know, something great, like right on the spot, like in the moment, having, having that plan and uh, being able to just execute it without having to think too hard has been a game changer. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's a thing, right? It's like you have to be organized when you do this because essentially it is your job and you want to make sure that you're doing the best. Are you the type of person, are you the type of planner that has like Google Sheets and like you have all of these things or you just write it down in a note? How, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely just... Every shoot has its own note. Like my phone is full of separate notes, like just with the date and the location and like some inspiration and all the shots I want to get and like poses I want to do and time of day and all that. So a Google spreadsheet would probably be more organized, but (laughs) yeah, most, mostly just in notes. (laughs) Well, sometimes it's just what you have, right? It's the most available, it's easiest, you know, and, and that's what you have, which I can, you know, I can appreciate that because that's the type of person I am. I'm like, there's only a point where I can be too organized or, you know, that organized. I'm like, not that good. (laughs) That is so funny. So now when you talked about leaving and then, you know, what you were doing and then doing this. Now, you mentioned that you were with your partner. How were you able to do that together? Was it something that you had to do to convince him or was it just kind of an easy thing? Um, It was pretty easy. So when, so we're married now, he's my husband now, but when we had first started dating, I had mentioned I'd wanted to travel to to Asia because I'd never been there before. And I thought that would be like a really cool trip and he jumped on board immediately and was like, how do we make this happen? Um, and he actually already was working remotely and I had, you know, an office job. So his transition was very easy. I was, I had a big change of going, like having to quit my job and figure out a new career. So he has been kind of the rock in that his job has always been very stable. Like he's since he's been remote for most of his career. And that's been awesome because it's given me the kind of freedom to figure out what I was doing. So is it essentially, was it him who tried to get you to do remote (laughs) or was it? (laughs) I mean, I think I I wanted to do it myself anyways, but it was helpful that he was already working remotely and kind of knew the ropes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome though, because I've heard a lot of, stories from people where they either had to really convince the person or the other person didn't want to do it. And you had the opposite. You had somebody who actually was doing it already. And then you saw firsthand how doable it can be. Um, and, you know, it, it's much more flexible than just staying in, in an office. And now because of the pandemic, it's like almost everybody is remote. We had no choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. It's it's really interesting how everything changed completely because when I started my podcast, when I started my website, you know, four years ago, nobody even thought about this, right? I would tell them, like, I'm working remotely. They're like, you're crazy. It's not sustainable. Like, 
are you going to find a stable job, right? And then all of a sudden, once the pandemic hit, it's like, so how do I do this? Like, how can I do this? Because it's become more stable than working um, in an office in a, in a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, and they've done all these studies now that show that you can, most people are actually more productive while working remotely because you can, you know, work at the times of day that, you know, work best with your brain and body and, yeah, I actually also have a whole section on my blog about uh, being a digital nomad and working remotely that I'd started before the pandemic, but then once the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, this information is, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's like I've been waiting for all of you to clamor in. It's like I have yeah. all the content that you need. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting because if you think about it, when you work in an office, when you work at a job that you have to go in, most of the time, like there's, you know, you're there for eight hours. You're not really working the entire time that you're there. Sometimes, you know, you're talking to a co-worker or, you know, you're taking your lunch break. And a lot of that just maybe you're working four or five hours instead of eight. And when you're at home, you can be so much more focused, like you mentioned, Natalie. And it's it's just nice to be at home and doing <laughs> work that way. It's like, I don't know, at least for me, some people don't like it, but. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And then also I feel like working on the road, I've learned to like really carve out like work days or like half a day here or like a few hours there. And then because of those time constraints, I'm like, all right, we have to get this and this and this done in, you know, this four hour period. And that, you know, becomes so much more productive than like kind of <laughs> flailing around, like if you're in an office and like, you know, getting two hours of work done in between meetings and all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's at least for us, you know, it's, it's a different lifestyle and I definitely love it because you have more freedom and you know you you have done this where you moved around and then you find yourself in a place that you really feel like you belong now you're in Tahoe right and um and it's beautiful there you know I've I've never been there but I've seen pictures and I'm like wow Natalie I'm jealous <laughs> So, and that's another thing. It's like you can really place yourself in an environment that you can thrive in, that you love. And then, you know, if you're a hiker, if you like to be outdoors, you can go out after work, before work, during the weekend. Um, and then before working remotely, you have to take vacation to do that, right? Yeah. When you're working uh, remotely, you can be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do like being able to schedule my day around the things that I want to do. I mean, obviously I'm still, you know, scheduling photo shoots, planning stuff, doing the actual work. But if I want to take my lunch break to go snowboard for an hour or two, I can do that too. <laughs> I love that. And it's really a life that we, I never thought that we can actually do until the possibility of working remotely has really happened. And I think that's really beautiful. So why did you and your husband choose Tahoe to be your base? Because there's a lot of places in the world, you know, you can work remotely. Why? Why there? <laughs> it's kind of the uh, classic Tahoe story. We had, we came after our big seven month trip, we came back to California and thought we'd spend just the winter in Tahoe, um, and, you know, snowboard for the season and then continue traveling around. But we couldn't find a, a ski lease. So like just a winter rental for like the ski season and ended up with a year lease. And then 
we found a really great community here and then bought a house and then just stayed. (laughs) (laughs) So we were really only supposed to be here for like three months and now it's been like five years. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I love that. It's like you you found your your place. You found a home that you really enjoy. And now you bought a house there and you can snowboard whenever there's snow anytime. So that's that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. I do love just like the proximity to nature here. Like I lived in San Francisco a really long time and like I've always liked to hike, but, you know, going for a hike when you live in the city is it's a mission. You have to get out of the city, go find a trail. And, and here in Tahoe, at the end of, the, our, at the end of our street, we have a, a trail that goes right up into the mountains. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I know my husband and I love to hike. We love being in nature and we literally live in, you know, in a huge city. We live in New York City. So it's a huge like it's a huge drive to just go anywhere that's outside of this big civilization. So I'm like, that's why I'm like, oh, my gosh, Natalie, I envy you because that sounds really awesome. But yeah, so now that you're doing this, right, and you have all of these things that you're able to do for yourself, how do you make this sustainable, especially with the pandemic that has happened as a travel photographer um, and with your blog? How do you make it work even with all of these things that's happened right now? That's pretty crazy. It has definitely been a challenge when the pandemic first hit. I had a big trip planned to South America for a bunch of writing, and that all obviously got canceled. Just being able to kind of pivot and like rearrange plans and uh, kind of change up the way I do things. So, you know, focusing more on the digital nomad and um, working from home aspect for my blog was a big thing. And then also, for my photography business, um, it was less about, you know, uh, like sponsored posts on my blog. And I, I started to transition more into to product photography for companies like in my little home studio or like just around Tahoe since we weren't traveling much. So kind of taking myself out of the <laughs> out of the photos and just really focusing on um, on kind of like lifestyle product photos without the influencer. <laughs> Well, it's really amazing how people have learned how to pivot and even thrive and grow with something like this, right? Because I think that's really how you know what you're capable of when you're giving a huge challenge. You know, I think all of us have been given this huge challenge and it's really interesting how certain people uh, will work around that. And with you, now you really put yourself into photography and not in as an influencer, but of product photography. How did you transition to that? Did you contact brands that you already knew or was it something that was completely different and you had to kind of really twist yourself to to go into that? It was probably more of a a gradual transition. I used a lot of the photos from like my blog and kind of influencer style photo shoots like in my portfolio starting out and then just like a lot of word of mouth you know a friend of a friend had an energy bar company and needed photos and they were our our first client and then from then they 
they told somebody else. And it's just been mostly word of mouth. But I think having that base of product photos from my blog and kind of influencer days really helped kind of establish uh, my expertise in the area. It was something that I could show that I had done for clients before rather than, you know, like doing case study photo shoots, which are great too, but because they can show like your talent. But if you can show work that you've done for a client that they've actually used, you know, on their social media or a website, that was super helpful. Yeah. And it's really great when you have this previous experience and, you know, you never went to school for this. This was something that was just a passion project that you turned into a business. And then you were able to go into something similar, not completely different, but similar. And you used the experience that you had um, from your blog, from your travel photography to land these things. And I think that's something that's really important to share is that even if you don't have a degree in this, even if you've never taken these really expensive courses, if you just work really hard here like Natalie and just do really good work, something can come out of it, right? And I think that's really beautiful. And I love when people are like, I've never even went to school for this. Like it was just a passion project. And now this is my whole life. Like, and and it's my passion. So that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it takes a lot of practice. I mean, you could say you spend like four years in school learning it, or you could spend four years, you know, just out in the field taking crappy photos and then, you know, learning from that and figuring out like, why does this photo not look like I want it to? And then going out again and doing it again and, you know, just improving, which is kind of what I did. <laughs> I look back at photos like on my Instagram from like a few years ago and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I love that. And in a lot of ways, honestly, I think that is way more valuable than just going to school, right? Because a lot of the things that you learn in school is just theory. And then once you actually go out in the real world, you understand that it's not just photography. You have to deal with clients. You have to learn how to negotiate. You have to learn how to do customer service. Like, it's mind boggling. So yeah. now that you is have something all I wish this. I had learned in school is, you know, <laughs> the business end of things, because that's that's definitely been the harder thing to figure out on the fly. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's one thing that a lot of creatives have a really hard time on is the business aspect of it because you love what you're doing, you're doing photography, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, like I actually have to get paid for this. Like how do I negotiate my pricing? How do I ask for my money? Like what do I do? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yep. I, so that's actually why I had to bring my husband in to do the business end of things because I I get so excited talking to clients and like planning their photo shoots. And then at the end, he's like, oh, so how much are you billing them? And I was like, oh, I forgot to bring that up. <laughs> he's like, OK, if we're going to handle this. <laughs> Your husband's like, OK, you talk about the creative stuff, then let me go in and talk about the money stuff. Like, yep. OK. But that's good. You know, you know your strengths and weaknesses and then you play up on that, which is great. At least you have somebody to, you know, to play around with with that, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely good now that I've realized, you know, there are some things that I'm very good at and then the things that I am not need to be, you know, uh, handled by somebody else. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's what I do. I literally... 
there's so many things in my business that I just hate. And then I just hired people to do it because if you don't, like you just mess it up first or you just hate doing what you're doing and you end up not wanting to do what you're doing because you end up spending all of this time on things that you shouldn't be doing anyway. So hey, if you can afford it, hire it out. (laughs) That's what I always say. (laughs) Exactly. So Natalie, let's move forward to about 30 to 40 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I want my photos to have made people feel good about themselves and about their businesses and about their own legacy. So I want I want my photos to be this visual representation of how great a time was in a person's life. So if I'm, you know, taking portraits of people like that memory for them or if it's you know photos for a brand I want that brand to you know have these photos to to remember like a great time in their business yeah well that's one thing that we have is we either have memory or we have photos and videos to kind of remind us of what was in the past right and a lot of that we hope it's really good. And usually when we take images, it's because we really enjoyed that time that we were having. And that is definitely a great legacy to have. And, you know, you're continuing to do it. And it seems like you aren't even there yet. I feel like you have other things that you still haven't done, you know, with your photography and with your content and all of this stuff. And I think that's so interesting to have that moment. And, you know, maybe looking back like 40, 50 years from now, and then you see all the images that you created and what memory it brings you, you know, during those times as well. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for being here with us today. We really appreciate you. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Um, So my blog and Instagram are Natty on the Road. And then my photography business is Hi Ansel, like saying hi to a person named Ansel. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Is is, um, Ansel is a photographer, right? He's a He's a California. Like yeah, Ansel Adams. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I went to school for photography, so I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again, Natalie. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Natalie. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to take epic travel photos as a beginner. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.